without stopping. Practicing continuously without stopping, the momentum of practice will increase amazingly. And Sharaji says, there are days left. Within the days left, Yogi should cherish and value the qualities of the Dhamma and yogis should be practicing respectfully, meticulously. It is the duty of the yogi to be mindful in whatever posture they are in, walking, standing, sitting, lying, bending, stretching, turning, even the minute movement such as blinking, opening, and closing of the eyes should be done mindfully. And by working, by practicing meticulously, thoroughly, then the Yogi Satipatthana practice will be successful. So in daily life, something that is precious and valuable cannot be bought cheap. One has to pay the price in order to get something valuable and precious. In the same way, Satipatthana meditation is very precious. When one nourishes the mind and when the nutrients arise in the mind, then one will feel amazing change within one's life. In the practice of Satipatthana, one should value the practice, one should know the benefits of Satipatthana practice, and one should have faith and confidence in the practice. And one should also have confidence in oneself. The yogi should also have strong jhana to gain the benefits of practice and to gain the virtues of the dhamma. And one should practice diligently, continuously, and in order to develop mindfulness, one should assert ardent effort in noting the object so that mindfulness will be sustained on the object. In one minute, there are 60 moments. By being mindful for one minute, there will be 60 moments of mindfulness. Each and every moment of mindfulness is very precious. And if there are continuity of mindfulness moment by moment, it will even be more precious. And these mental factors, each and every mental factors, has their own ability and quality. And by practicing, one develops vidya effort, sati mindfulness, and kanika samadhi, momentary concentration. And Sarah Ji had already explained 
the quality, the ability of virya, sati, and samadhi, effort, mindfulness, and concentration. And Saraji also explained that by noting the object with aim and effort, the mental strength develop, and when the noting mind falls calm and collected on the object, one discerns the characteristics and the true nature stage by stage. And it is very satisfying to be developing knowledge stage by stage. Satipatthana meditation has to be practiced diligently and yogis should not be practicing in an easy-going manner. They should not be thinking, imagining. Only if they practice accurately, precisely, according to the guidance given, they will gain the virtue of the Dhamma. By developing the virtue of the Dhamma, one can remove the opposite mental states, one can remove the defilements. So yogis should not be practicing in haphazard manner. By practicing in a haphazard manner, they will not realize the quality of the Dhamma. They will be taking long time in the practice without making progress. And if the yogis are wasting their time, rather than practicing diligently, the meditation teacher cannot help these yogis who are wasting their time. So yogis should be aware of this fact. And yogis should not be thinking how the knowledge will arise by noting rising and falling. If they are judging, thinking, then it will not take them anywhere. Saraji had already explained and guaranteed that by practicing this way with diligence according to the guidance, what benefits will be obtained. One should have faith and confidence on what is probable that it is right to practice this way. And one should have strong will to practice. One should note presently arising object. Every time the object arises, so that there will be sustained mindfulness on the object and the mind will be calm and collected. So to put it briefly, yogis should be noting the presently arising object with effort, with sustained mindfulness. And yogis should be noting accurately, precisely, according to the guidance given. If the yogis are practicing accurately according to the guidance given, they do not need to be wishing for the benefit to arise. They should not be wishing for the knowledge to arise. 
by practicing accurately according to the guidance given, knowledge will arise automatically without having to wish for. Sanoji gives an example of sharpening a blunt knife. If the knife is rusty and blunt, the person needs to sharpen it in order to make it sharp and shiny again. One has to use a stone, sharpening stone, and one has to keep the knife in an appropriate angle to the stone, and one has to rub the knife against the stone. By doing these two factors, keeping the knife at the correct angle against the stone and rubbing onto it, then the knife becomes shiny again. The rust on the knife are removed and the knife becomes sharp again. So when sharpening the knife against the stone, the one who sharpens it do not have to wish the knife to become shiny and sharp again. What the person needs to do is just keep it at the correct angle to the stone and then keep on rubbing, stroking against the stone in order to sharpen it and the knife will become shiny and sharp. So just like in the example, Jogi should keep on practicing continuously every single second. Just like the person's duty, uh, the person of uh, sharpening the knife has the duty of sharpening in the same way, Yogi has the duty to keep on practicing every single second. And if the Yogi is able to practice according to the guidance and instruction, Yogi will see the progress even within hours. One should keep the mind sharp and shining away from the Nivrana hindrances. So when the nirvana hindrances, the defilements are removed, the mind will be sharp and shiny. One should practice in order to gain kanika samadhi, momentary concentration, so as to remove the nirvana hindrances. When viriya sati and samadhi, effort, mindfulness, and concentration are strong, one gains knowledge, and one will develop knowledge stage by stage. By developing knowledge stage by stage, one discerns the truth, and one will come to acceptance, confirmation, and decision that this practice is right. By developing knowledge, one also develops courage.
in the practice. When one encounters difficulties, and when one has overcome these difficulties, one becomes even more courageous. Noting pains and aches, and when the yogi has overcome pains, yogi can even challenge the pain. Let it come, I will note it. So in this way, the courage becomes strengthened to note whatever object that arises. And virya, effort, gains momentum. As the courageous effort gains momentum, the sati mindfulness becomes supatita. It is not ordinary, but it is firmly established on the object. When mindfulness is firmly established on the object, the mind falls calm and collected, and kanika samadhi, momentary concentration, becomes strengthened. And in another way, vipassana samadhi also becomes strengthened, and one discerns nama and rupa, cause and effect, and the characteristics of impermanent suffering and non-self. And one develops knowledge stage by stage until one becomes mature. In order to gain these benefits, one should practice according to the guidance and instructions. One should put, pra one should put practice and instructions in order to get the answer. Having to interview yogis is to see, to make sure that they are practicing correctly and, that, and it is making sure that yogis can practice correctly and they know how to practice. Saraji gives an example that in school, the students get homework from their teachers. The teacher may ask the student to solve out math problem as a homework, and the, and the student has to solve the math problem. And then the next day, the student has to uh, show the assignment how he, she has been solving this math. So when the student has worked this math properly, the student gets marks. If the student just write without uh, solving it properly, then the student does not get marks. And some of the students, they, they will just write down the answer without solving it. So the teacher has doubt in this student and the teacher knows that this student is not working. So in the same way, if the yogi comes to the interview to report what he, she has been imagining without working, then it shows that the yogi is not doing his or her homework properly. So if they are just reporting the answer without working, without practicing 
according to the guidance, the teacher will not accept this. So yogis should be practicing according to the guidance given, just as the student has to work out the mathematical problem systematically in order to get the answer. So in order to get the answer, one has to solve this math. One has to solve it according to the correct method in order to gain the answer. So in the same way, yogis have to keep on practicing second by second according to the guidance in order to gain benefits. It is the duty of the yogi to be practicing accurately according to the guidance and instruction. By practicing accurately, respectfully, according to the guidance given, one will be removing the defilements and one develops knowledge. By developing knowledge, faith and confidence will be strengthened. The courageous effort will also be strengthened. And Yogi understands from his or her experience that by fulfilling the mental strength, the mental power is very beneficial. Yogi sees the benefit through his or her practice of strengthening these mental powers and yogis value and cherish the practice. Cherishing and valuing the practice, yogi notes every arising object that arises and yogi does not want to miss or fail to note any object. If the person misses or fails to note the object, then the yogi is losing the bhavana jitta. And if the yogi is not mindful for one minute, there will be 60 moments of losing. When the practice gains momentum, yogi develops the mental factor, hiri and otapa, moral shame and moral fear, from missing or failing to note the object. And yogi has moral shame and moral fear from the defilements from arising. And yogi has this moral shame and moral fear to ruin the practice by failing or missing to note the object. Having hiri and otapa Yogi takes more care in the practice that the sati mindfulness becomes stronger and stronger and he she develops kanika samadhi or in other words vipassana samadhi and this kanika samadhi becomes more and more strengthened and yogi discerns knowledge clearly and distinctly. It is not the knowledge from imagination, but it is the knowledge 
gain through practice. It is direct experiential knowledge. And when they come for interview, they can explain clearly what he, she had come to know. So it will be reporting from their own experience. It will be clear and it also removes doubt. So if the yogi practices without gaps in between, if the practice is not thorough, not meticulous, they will be thinking and when they come for interview also, they are reporting of what they think and what they have imagined. If the noting is not thorough and not continuous, there are a lot of thinking and as the yogi has the habit of thinking, the thinking goes on just like the water falling from the high place, just like the water falls in great momentum from a higher place in the same way there will be a lot of thinking just like a powerful water flow, water flow. And they will come to the report, they will come to report of what they have thought, imagined, and the meditation teacher has doubt in the yogi. And also, the yogi himself, herself, will also have doubt in the practice as it is not the direct experiential knowledge. If the person discerns from one's direct experiential knowledge, then what he, she discerns will be correct and the person comes to acceptance, confirmation and decision that this is right. By practicing according to the guidance given, Yogi will experience this and nobody has to encourage the Yogi to have faith and confidence in the practice, but his or her practice will encourage the Yogi into the practice and nobody has to encourage or pressure the Yogi to practice, but the practice will become encouraging itself. In order to develop the mind and in order to develop mature knowledge, hiri and odapa, moral shame and moral fear are very important mental factors. If one has these mental powers of hiri and otapa, moral shame and moral fear, one can practice in order to develop the mind and the knowledge. Having hiri and otapa, one will feel shameful and afraid to lose mindfulness and ruining the practice. Hiri and otapa are called Sukha Dhamma. They are the white Dhammas which are compared to the white background. Ahirika and Anotapa 
lack of moral shame and lack of moral fear are called Kantna Dhamma. They are the black Dhammas. Having Hiri and Uttapa, the white background, one does not accept the heat of defilements, Raga, Dosa, Moha. And with Hiri and Uttapa, one repels the heat of the defilements. Just as when a person wears white clothes, the white clothes can repel the heat. In the same way, having Hiri and Uttapa, one can repel the heat of the defilements. As much one as Hiri and Uttapa, the more one can repel the heat of defilements and one will not be burned or scorched by the heat of defilements. Having the momentum of Hiri and Uttapa, moral shame and moral fear, every single second for one minute, there will be 60 moments away from the heat of defilements. And in five minutes, there will be 300 moments. In one hour, there will be 3,600 moments of being free from the heat of defilements. So if one has Hiri and Uttapa, moral shame and moral fear, that has the ability to repel the heat, for one day, there will be multiple times of 3,600 moments within one day. The social problems such as tension, stress, and depression are caused by defilements. Having Hiri and Uttapa, moral shame and moral fear, one will not have these social problems. One will be able to keep a quality control of one's practice so that the practice will progress further and further. Hiri and Uttapa, moral shame and moral fear, can prevent the defilements from arising so that one, the person is protected from these defilements, keeping one's own world safe and secure. Keeping one's own world safe and secure away from the defilements, one is also not disturbing the surrounding and thus Hiri and Uttapa are called Lokapala. They are the guardians of the world. In keeping the world peaceful, Hiri and Uttapa, moral shame and moral fears, play the most important role. Having Hiri Uttapa, one can protect oneself and there will be a big change having these factors of Hiri and Otapa. The opposite of Hiri and Otapa is Ahirika and Anotapa, lack of moral shame and lack of moral fear.
The example is given here. Hiri, lack of moral shame, is compared to the pig not disgusted with feces. In Uttapa, sorry, Anuttapa, lack of moral fear is compared to the moth not afraid of the light. And the moth goes to the light and dies. Lack of moral shame and moral fear is compared to the black background which absorbs heat. Not having disgusted with the unwholesomeness, just like a pig is not disgusted with the feces, one is wasting one's time with unwholesomeness that are very disgusting and impure, and it can even cause fatal deeds. Lack of moral shame and moral fear, one's own world is ruined. Having Hiri and Utapa, one protects one's world as well as not disturbing the surrounding. Having Hiri and Utapa, moral shame and moral fear, one's physical behavior, verbal behavior, and mental behavior will be pure, clean, and gentle, and one will shine. And thus, Hiri and Uttapa are called Devatama as they make the person shine with purity in body, speech, and mind. If Hiri and Uttapa, moral shame and moral fear, overwhelms the whole world, one can imagine how peaceful all the beings will be in the world. So one should have Hiri and Uttapa to keep protecting oneself away from the heat of defilements so that one's own world will not be ruined. One will be protected by Hiri and Uttapa and one will shine. One is sure to be shining with the virtues of the Dhamma. Lack of moral shame and lack of moral fear can lead to the nearest internal enmity of raga, dosa, and moha, lust, aversion, and delusion. As much one has moral shame and moral fear, one gains victory on this internal enmity. As a human being, it is important to know the correct way of having victory within oneself. And one should know the correct way and one should practice in order to gain the quality of having victory within oneself. If one does not have the quality of having victory within oneself, there will be selfishness, lack of, lack of metta, loving kindness, 
lack of karuna, compassion, and one cannot control oneself. And one will be seeking ways to win others, inventing various kinds of weapons and munitions, and it leads to war. If the population of people in the world who has hiri and otapa, moral shame and moral fear, if the majority of the people gains victory within oneself, having hiri and otapa, there will not be any need to be inventing the ammunitions and weapons. And one can imagine how peaceful the world will be. If one can make one's own world peaceful, and if the population increases from one to hundreds and so on, the whole world will gain the genuine peace. And today's Yaraji, um, tomorrow's Yaraji will continue to explain the Vipassana Samadhi with practice. Sadhu, sadhu.